Father God, I'm, I'm thankful uh, for your word. And we're going to dig into the aspects of that this morning. Um, so beautiful the way you reveal yourself to us. And if we're watching, we can see it. I pray, God, that we would be watchers. Uh, we would be looking for you in those things. And I pray, God, that more than anything today, your word would shine through. Um, I'm thankful for the folks that are here this morning. I pray, God, that um, your, word, your word would speak directly to them. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you heard me right earlier. We're going to talk about the word, the word, and the word. And uh, I'm not being silly with that. I'm talking about uh, the word as it applies to creation. The first words. The word as it applies to the person of Jesus Christ. The word made flesh. And then the word as in scripture, Bible. The Bible that we get to use. Those are the three things I'd like to talk about uh, this morning as we get going. Um, so with that, let's start at the very beginning. We're going to start here at the very beginning and work our way through. So if you look at the screen and look real close, pay attention now, look real close. That's right, there's nothing. You won't see anything on that screen, and that's what we saw at the very beginning. Nothing. Um, but then something, of course, happened. And what, well, I want us to start at Genesis 1-1, and if you can see your Bibles in the dark here, uh, let's go there, okay? It's a very familiar passage, and, and one that uh, the more I look at it, the more it just uh, continues to jump out at me. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said... Let there be light, and there was light. A couple of things you notice here. The very first words ever spoken were, let there be light. That's where language began. That's where words began. Before that, we had nothing. How incredible. As I thought about those words, I thought, what did it sound like? What did those words sound like? Could we even have heard those? I mean... If you get into the physics of it and everything, there probably weren't molecules, there wasn't a way for sound to travel, but God spoke those words. And my mind just is kind of doing 100 miles a minute thinking about what did that sound like. It probably wasn't in English like we speak today, like let there be light. It could have been in Hebrew, which the Hebrew words for it are haya or. Or it could have been in Spanish. It should have been que haya luz. I don't speak either of those languages, by the way. I had to look them up, but it could have been anything. We don't know what it sounds like. It could have been any language. And I love to think about that. I love to think about how, um, uh, you know, God lets those things remain a mystery, but yet he reveals some things too. And I love to think about how his word brought things into existence. And creation still speaks to us through his words from the very beginning. But if you're paying attention to that passage too, you'll notice another thing. You'll notice that uh, the heavens and the earth existed before God spoke, okay? He was hovering over the surface of the deep and the heavens of the earth was already there. So that was before he spoke. And you might ask, 
Well, well, how can that be? I'm glad you asked. To find the answer to that, you have to go to the, from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end. And we're in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. I'll give you a minute to get there. I cheated. I have everything printed out here right in front of me, so I don't have to open up my Bible and fumble through it because my fingers aren't working that well this morning. So we're in chapter 4, verse 11 of Revelation. It says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. By God's will. Everything was created. Now, some things he chose to speak into existence, such as light, which is wonderful. But by his will, everything was created. But through his words and through him speaking creation to existence, we, uh, we get to hear him still. We get to hear him and see him in creation. I recently asked our members of my salt group and uh, the elders of this church how they hear God. Uh, just a very open-ended question. I wanted honest responses about how they hear from God, in which ways. Uh, I didn't specify any of it, and I just let them send their responses back to me. And it was very interesting uh, the way it kind of unfolded, and I'm going to share some of their responses that were related to how they hear God through creation right now. One friend would write, I hear from God through impressions, from considering things of God, such as intrinsic beauty of things he created. They hear from God that way. And why we have this appreciation for creation is kind of built into us. Another friend would write, I'm not sure I would say I hear him, but because of where we live, the beauty and grandness of all that surrounds, to, uh, excuse me, the beauty and grandness of all that surrounds us, I often feel him his peace, his power, his majesty. Yeah, I bet a lot of you could relate to that, and I can too. I can relate to feeling and hearing God through his creation, and that's because he spoke it into being, and it continues to speak to us today. And I like to think about, my, my imagination goes a little bit, has a little bit of fun with this, but I, I think about creation, um, and I think about how the word of God is eternal. It isn't bound by time or space. We get to hear it in this time and space, of course, but it's not bound by time and space. It moves backwards and forwards in time and space. Uh, but I think about creation, and this picture goes through my mind, and this is just Josh Erickson's weird mind. Okay, so bear with me. I think about God the Father standing there at creation before the beginning of all things, and he puts his arm around God the Son, and he says these words from Isaiah 43:19. He says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. For some reason, that, that verse speaks to me about this excitement of a father sharing with his son this new thing that they're doing. And I think about that. It could have happened even at creation. But from the very beginning, God said, let there be light. Until this very moment, God continues to speak through his creation, and we can hear him if we're listening. Next, the word of God can be heard through the very person of Jesus Christ. Um, scripture is very pointed about this, uh, especially if you go to the book of John. And John wrote the gospel of John, of course, and he spent time with Jesus. In fact, he was with him for nearly all of his public ministry. 
And the Gospel of John's pretty interesting, actually, because the other three Gospels would start with the genealogy of Jesus or introducing us to this um, John the Baptist preparing the way. But the Gospel of John starts at the very beginning. That's where he wanted to start everything. And it's so cool the way he does because he ties Jesus to the very beginning. If we go to John chapter 1, verse 1, we get to see it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is a connecting scripture. Uh, the whole passage is speaking about the person of Jesus Christ. It connects Jesus to the very beginning, to creation, and even to light, if you notice that, which we talked about a little bit earlier. He is the word and the light of the world. But then John 1.14 brings it home even a little bit further. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus in the flesh uh, may have ascended into heaven roughly 2,000 years ago, but he never really left. His spirit is much alive here, and I see it in people day in and day out. And I love to look for it, quite honestly. Before I share some personal examples of that, I want to share how uh, God really encouraged us to carry on Jesus' ministry on this earth through Scripture. And they're peppered throughout the Bible, but I want to share some uh, pretty pointed ones with you. We're going to start in John chapter 13. So if you're already in John, just go to 13, and we're at 34. And these are Jesus' words. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my, my disciples if you love one another. Okay, we're going to get into a little bit of a marathon here. We're going to get some other scriptures in here. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And then Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's prepared these works for us. And then finally, 1 Peter 2.21 says this, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. So that's our job, to follow on, to follow in his, pub, in his steps and carry on his public ministry here on earth for as long as we're here. That's our job. This world needs the word, and it needs to see the word through us. Um, in response to that question I had shared earlier, how does God speak to you? Here's another response uh, that a friend shared with me. Through Moody Radio, through other godly people, through music, through experiences, I get to have with hurting people and through books. There's not many places I don't hear from him if I'm willing to listen 
and I'm surrounding myself with the things of his character. We can still hear, hear God through those things, through people, through books that they've written or music that they've shared. Another friend would share this very personal example of someone being Jesus to them. A few years ago, things were really tight with us to the point I was feeling like buying creamer maybe was a luxury and I should give it up. Once again, I was having a conversation with God and that evening, a box showed up with some goodies for us. There was a half gallon of half and half in there. Nobody knew I was thinking about giving up coffee. I would say that God knew and uh, he put that into the heart of somebody else to speak out and be Jesus to them. And it's just a simple example, but how powerful it is. Just four days ago, I got to see this play out for myself uh, in kind of an unlikely place. Uh, we were on the football field. I've been helping coach the seventh and eighth grade football team. And uh, one of the things um, we do is make them run. Um, that's just kind of a natural thing. And uh, so, uh, Midway through practice, they were uh, taking a lap. And as often happens, one of the bigger guys was kind of behind. And uh, he was quite a bit behind, and everybody else had finished up their lap. Uh, so we had huddled there, and uh, I asked the kids to encourage him as he's maybe halfway through his lap, and he's kind of trudging along, okay? Um, so we're clapping and hooting and hollering. He picked up the pace a little bit, but... Um, but then I asked him to do something else. I asked for some volunteers to run out, sprint out there and run the rest of the lap with him. Do you know what happened when they did that? I'd never seen him run that fast. <laughs> I have never seen him run that fast. He chugged all the way through to the end and finished up that lap strong. It was a cool thing to see and I'm so thankful uh, to have been able to see it. But sometimes words just won't do. Sometimes we need to come alongside someone. Sometimes we need to race with them. We need to be there for them. So John, uh, John's gospel kind of brings this all together for me at the very end of his gospel. So if you go there, uh, it's at the very end of chapter 21. Um, and John leaves this kind of uh, open-ended piece here which I really like he says in, in the last part of that chapter there he says now there are so many other things that Jesus did every one of them were every one of them to be written I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written the world simply couldn't contain all the stories of the things that Jesus has done in so so many lives our job is to keep writing those stories. Our job is to keep those stories going and turning those stories into reality. So finally, there's the written word. Scripture, the Bible, the sword we have been lit, given here on this earth to do battle on a daily basis. Without it, I'd be in a lot of trouble. I'm so thankful to have the written word and to be able to dig into it. But isn't it cool how scripture speaks to each of us individually? Um, there's a scripture in my life that I've uh, cherished for a long time. It's Philippians 4, 8. 
And those of you that know me probably get tired of me saying this, but I'm going to tell you it anyway. And Philippians 4.8 says, uh, Finally, dear brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are admirable, if anything be excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I love that verse. I don't know why. I just do. It clicks with me. And every time I read it, I'm thankful for it. But then there are other verses that you'll read at some point in your life, and you'll, uh, they might not hit you. But then you read them again later in life, after you've got a little bit more gray in your whiskers, or a little less hair on your head, or a few more experiences in your life, and they hit you quite differently. Uh, I want to share with you a verse out of uh, Ecclesiastes 11.3. We're going to put it up on the screen here. Okay, so there it is. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in a place where the tree falls, there it will lie. You might read that and think, huh, okay. I don't mean anything disrespectful, believe me. I, I know the power of word, but I read that and think, okay, I got it. You know, it doesn't really hit me uh, really deeply. But I was recently reading about a guy named R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul was a, a powerful preacher uh, in this country, and for decades he preached to people uh, and turned many believers, uh, shared the word with many people, and helped people walk in, along with the Lord. But he preached and shared God's word to thousands of people. And... Uh, one of the things he did was uh, produce this document called the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy. And it was this group of people that really came together and believed that the Word of God as presented was without error. And they wanted to make sure the world knew it. So they produced this document, and it's really a pretty cool document. Anyhow, this is the verse that spoke to him. And he didn't even get to read it. He heard it, and it just hit him right in the heart. It changed his life. This is his own words, uh, reflecting on it later in life. And he said, I saw myself going nowhere, lying on the floor in the forest, having fallen. And I was rotting and disintegrating. That was the vision I saw of my own soul when this text was opened to me. One verse changed everything for him. And it can do the same for us. That verse that... <laughs> You might have read and thought, okay, I got it. It changed everything for him. But another friend would respond to my earlier question this way. About how, does, how do you hear the word of God? They would say, the Holy Spirit sometimes nudges me to pay attention to what God is trying to say to me. Sometimes through his word or prayer, I don't always pay attention to it, and that gets me in trouble. That's pretty honest. Yeah, if we don't pay attention, we can get into trouble. But if you're paying attention, the world can be so much, much richer and fuller. Last week in junior worship, before the kids came back, uh, a number of the leaders uh, hid some small beads around the room, different color beads. Some of them were hidden, some of them were in plain sight, but they were all throughout the room. And the kids came back, and as they filed into their classrooms, they, uh, they didn't notice the beads. 
they were doing the things that they were supposed to do. We were singing and getting into the message, but all along the beads were around them. At some point during the lesson, the teachers uh, had the kids go and look for beads and their eyes were opened. These little beads were hidden all throughout the classroom and they found them and from that they took them and made little trinkets and necklaces and stuff. But the point of it was this, that uh, it's all around us. We, we need to be looking for it, paying attention to it. Some of it's hidden, but some of it's in plain sight as well. When we do, we can use those things to make something beautiful. It's the same with God's Word and the power of hearing God's Word in your life. It's there, but you have to look for it. You have to remember to look for it, too. There are beautiful gems hidden in God's Word waiting to be discovered. Words that could change your life. I'm going to put up this scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 29 on the screen. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law. You'll never find those words if you don't open the book. You'll never get to see them. But if you're looking, things can be revealed to you. We can get to see those things and then we can share them with our children and we can have them forever. That's a wonderful promise. So whether you look for the word as it applies to creation, the word as it applies to the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or the word as in the Holy Scripture, the word's a part of your life. It's there. It's all around you. Today, uh, as we have the worship team come back up here, um, I want to share with you just some thoughts I have and encourage you to find the word in your life. I think Matt will be over here uh, if folks need to pray or connect with somebody um, or somebody else will be at the prayer room. We offer this opportunity uh, each and every week for people to connect. But my encouragement would be for you today to find the way that God is speaking to you. Revel in it. Enjoy it. Such a beautiful thing. If the beauty of creation hits you suddenly, praise God for it. Really do. If someone, through an act of kindness or just randomness, reaches out to you and is the hands and feet of Jesus, thank him for it. Let him know. Let him know that's meaningful to you. Or if the word, as you're reading scripture, just jumps off the page at you, dig in deeper, dig further. You won't be sorry for it. And finally, if God shares anything with you, share it with those around you. When we run together, we run faster. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm praying that the word speaks. We know it does, God. I'm praying that uh, for all of us, we would be looking. We would be looking, God, and uh, seeing the things that you've revealed to us. And not only taking that and, and giving praise to you from it, but sharing it with those around us. 
running with those around us. Digging into your word and getting to know the person of Jesus Christ that much better. We thank you, God, for your word as it applies to creation as well. We are surrounded by it, as one friend said. Lord, I just ask that you speak to us individually like you do, God. And even more than that, I pray that we would be listening. I pray that we would hear the gems and have them for the rest of our lives. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.